Welcome to Tech Explorations Podcast, Episode 4. This episode comes in two parts. In this first part of Episode 4, Peter Maris, that's me, talks with Martin Zwiegel. Martin attended a technical school for mechanical engineering in Austria. However, he never worked as an engineer and instead he became a software developer. Earlier in life, Martin built many remote-controlled cars and planes. As a software developer, most of his work with electronics involves a lot of coding, which he considers an essential part of making. Martin is relatively new to the world of the Arduino, but he already has produced several fun projects. In our conversation, we explored many of these projects and also looked at some very ambitious ideas for future projects. In one of his projects, Martin used all of his skills, electronics, coding and art to build Light Gary, a colorful creature with a clock and a head that lights up. In another project, with the help of Dario, a friend and electronics expert, he built a gadget that reminds him to drink his beer. The beer gadget consists of just four parts, a buzzer, an accelerometer, a clock and a diode. One of his current projects is Virtual City Windows, a system that consists of large, high-definition video walls installed in cities around the world. These systems enable two-way communications between any two cities, giving people a view into life around the world. Martin is also very much into virtual and augmented reality, and we spent some time looking into this exciting technology, including a headset that Martin is building. In this first part of the conversation, Martin introduces himself and talks about his background as a mechanical engineer and software developer. He also tells us about how he became an Arduino maker and some of his projects like Light Gary and a gadget for keeping his beer cold. Our conversation continues in the next part where Martin talks about his interest in Bitcoin, his current big project, Virtual City Windows, and his future project plan which involves augmented and virtual reality. I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation. This is Tech Explorations Podcast Episode 4, Part 1. The Tech Explorations Podcast is a podcast produced by Tech Explorations. My mission is to share the stories of makers and learn from them. I simply want to explore why and how makers do what they do. Let's welcome Martin now and hear his story. Martin, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Thanks, Peter, and thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Oh, I've known you uh, online for uh, maybe about a year now, but it's the first time that we actually see each other and we talk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I was really looking forward to it. So Yeah, me you, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a maker. Uh, you live in Austria and it's around mm-hmm. midnight at your time now. Uh, it's, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> you're a night owl, as we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, it seems like that, that is like a common characteristic between makers. A lot of makers tend to do all the making at night. <laughs> I never noticed that, but yeah. that might be. Yeah, why not? I've been talking to a lot of people. Uh, what is it about night? Is it like it's quiet? It's like your brain seems to work better? Well, I, I actually really don't know. Uh, it's just that it is like that. I, 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 it's hard for me, just it's hard for me to get up. But when I'm up and running, run as long as I'm till my battery is finished. So, uh, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I would, yeah, I have, sometimes I really have to force myself into bed 
because when I know I have a meeting the next day and I have to get up, yeah. so I like to cut it uh, that I have at least six and a half hours sleep. <laughs> if there's a meeting or else, else, else I'm not much of use in the meeting next day. But besides that, I, I stay up till, till I drop into bed when yeah. I'm tired. Yeah, interesting. I'm the exact opposite. Like uh, I'm a morning person, so I have to get up really early in the morning, which means I have to go to bed like very early at night. Uh, it's most people. When, like, do you, when do you get up? Uh, Five thirty, six o'clock. Oh um, wow! Yeah. Okay. But uh, then, uh, like you, I run with it until my brain um, drains or is drained of energy, and that's usually mm -hmm. late afternoon. Um. But it's every day is a long day. So I thought maybe let's start with uh, asking you, take a few minutes and uh, tell us about yourself and uh, give us a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, uh, as you said, I'm living in Austria and I've been born in Austria. I've been raised in Austria. I've uh, lived in the, for a long time. I grew up in the city of, around city of Innsbruck. Mm -hmm. It's in the western part of Austria. And uh, at the moment, I'm living in Salzburg, which is right in between, in the middle of, of Austria. Um, I attended to a make, uh, since we are talking about making stuff, I attended, I've always been building stuff from, from early ages on. I uh, started uh, with Lego. So uh, when I was a kid, I had tons of Lego. And uh, when I was in my teenage years, I attended to a mechanical school. And uh, so um, I became a mechanical engineer, but I never worked as a mechanical mechanical engineer. Right. But at that time, I built a lot of stuff uh, like RC cars and RC planes. It's not much use of RC boats in, in Austria since there's all mountains <laughs> uh, and very, very few lakes, yeah. uh, except if you're living towards Vienna and in the, in the lower plains of Austria. But uh, so that's what I did. Uh, but towards the, the end of the mechanical uh, engineering school, I got familiar with programming and that drove me away from mechanical engineering. So this was a whole new topic to me at then. It was the time of the 8080 computers and the uh, IBM PC. And uh, my first programming year, I started to program with VEX Basic. Digital mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But then the next year they they substituted the computers in the school with IBM PC, and then I started to program this Turbo Pascal, Pascal three. Pascal, and yeah. still that language is still available, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was my beginning of uh, of software development, and I worked in software engineering ever since. What kind of applications did you build or projects did you work on? Ah oh, wow, a ton. Uh, usually, I keep. Uh, I try to keep my uh, projects uh, short. I have never worked long term in a company like uh, ten years or so. So usually, I skip uh, after two to three years to another job. Yeah. Uh, or to another project. So uh, right from the start, I try not to see it as a long term job, but as a project. And I worked for Siemens. I worked for uh, a company that, that did uh, uh, antivirus software and mm. cloud storage software. I worked for a company in Vienna that does uh, audio samples. Uh, it's the Rolls Royce with audio yeah. samples. It's the Vienna Symphonic Library. Uh, and 
various other. So it's a ton of software that I've written. I'm doing this for over 20 years now. Well, so 20 years as a software developer. Yeah, in different roles, more sometimes more as a product manager, product responsible, sometimes more as a developer. Uh, most of the time, I still like to do hands-on code. I since I like to build stuff yeah. and, and uh, over the years, I've got a very, very good knowledge about, I'm, I'm not an algorithmic programmer. So I'm not in, uh, in the deeps of mathematics now that may be used, for example, for machine learning or artificial intelligence, but for application yeah. development, that's what I'm doing 20 yeah. years now. So you were uh, a software developer for a long time, but you since your childhood, you always had an eye or a feel for mechanical things and for hardware projects, right? Mm -hmm. So how did that come to where you do or where you are now, where I can see here looking, just peeking ahead, uh, you recently built a gadget that keeps your beer cold <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> how did that software uh, development in Pascal uh, get you to the Arduino? It was a, like a single uh, moment that triggered that, or how did it happen? No, the conversion from higher languages, well, let's consider C++ in, in between somewhere between the low-level assembler and, and higher levels like Pascal or, or Java or Python, .net, yeah. Sharp or Python. Uh, that was a hard part for, for, for me. And I was struggling with that for a long time because I always was interested in building stuff uh, at one point and the switch be, uh, between the, just the application development to building something in Arduino was when I was in a company and I had this idea of building an airship. And uh, for that, of course, you would need some uh, controller or some, some microcontroller yeah. or some microprocessor, which you can program. And I would never have thought that I could wrap around my brain about these things until I stumbled over your course, Arduino for Beginners, and step-by-step -step, uh, for uh, Arduino. Yeah. Uh, at that time, still on Udemy. And this was really the trigger. And uh, uh, from that point on, I, had, uh, I started to build something around that. One of the early projects, uh, you have seen it on the Facebook page, or something like that, was a, was a, a light installation. I call it Light yeah. Gary. Yeah. Uh, I, at one point in time, uh, I like to build for my building materials. I like to build stuff with uh, easy materials and light materials like paper mesh or balsa wood and, and stuff like this. So uh, this year, at the beginning of this year, I got a, a, a 3D printer, a PLA printer. And um, so since most of the time I don't have a big uh, place to work on so i keep most of the projects i uh keep on a on a smaller scale yeah that yeah that's it right i did some research <laughs> yeah uh, uh and uh my wife uh, my wife was uh, she was doing this is the own made paper mesh so this yeah. is uh, this is not bought paper mesh it's uh, it's self-made paper mesh and light gary is out made out of self-made paper mesh so I, the, the listeners yeah. forgive my heavy tyrolean accent no it, it, it's perfect <laughs> so this this is the thing that we're talking about this is light gray and mm -hmm. the you've got the box with a clock and on top yep. of it you've got is it gary 
<laughs> yeah, that's Gary. In 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 memory of uh, SpongeBob's uh, Gary, which has two eyes, <laughs> but uh, mine's just only one eye. So and the colored part is made of paper mesh. Yep. And the bottom part is 3D printed, or is it like a box that you no, have it's used? No, it's a balsa. It's a balsa wood. Uh, oh, wood yeah. um, how do you call it? Box. It's just it's a, a box that I made. It's uh, yeah. all made of balsa wood, painted in brown. Uh, I haven't had the time to put some decorations on it, like uh, grass and stone and stuff like that. Yeah. I was heavily concentrated on on this. Was really it's it's quite a bigger starting project with Arduino. Because there's uh, this is, these are two rotary encoders, and uh, the one is uh, the other one is also with uh, LED inside. And I even there. did yeah. uh, my <laughs> own PCB. Yeah. Uh, whoever wants the the plan for the PCB with this one can have it. <laughs> but yeah. when I got the PCBs from Eisler, uh, I said no, I'm not gonna solder it to it because if I make a mistake, then I have to. <laughs> unsolder it i have to measure where's the error so i just kept it on the breadboard and glued the breadboard uh, uh, down yes, the i sympathize and, i know exactly how that feels <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you gotta you've got to uh, bite the bullet at some point though and do it yeah <laughs> so this was your first project this was my first arduino wow. project yes so like there's so much going on in here like uh, have you got a like a record in a diagram, a schematic diagram about where all these wires go and how? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, when you go, when the viewer goes, so most of my block entries are in German since I live in German-speaking country. Yeah. But if somebody finds the older block entries, there's also a fritzing oh, uh, yeah. diagram. Right. And based on the fritzing diagram, I also have made the, the PCB. So whoever uh, wants it is uh, is free to download it from there. And if he, and he or she does not find it, uh, I'm gonna send uh, the resources to them. That's not much of trouble for me. Great. Well, so that was your first project. Now I've got to say it's like more than a blinking LED. I guess you've you've yep. done that <laughs> already. So you you grew. Uh, bigger than the blinking LED. Uh, what was the process like, like from the blinking LED to this, like that you felt confident enough to also write a blog post about it and publish it to the world. And you also posted it on the Makers Club. Yeah. Uh, so it was a big step, right? What was the was, previous yes. few mm -hmm. steps <laughs> getting there? Well, wow, this is, I think this is hard to remember. Let's, let's see. Well, um, so my my wife asked me, well, let's do something in paper mesh, and I said, yeah, I don't I don't have a clue what I do today. And then uh, Gary uh, come out, just just a snail. And then I, I I'm not fancy just having something like this. I li like to enrich it in 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 some way. And I think light is a common denominator for yeah. for all of us. Uh, we strive. For sun, we strive for light. Nobody wants to live in darkness and in dark places. And uh, so I said, yeah, when, why not build a light and uh, 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 um, some sort of night desk lamp out of it? Mm. And so at that time, I was heavily into the Arduino step-by-step -step course. So I thought, uh, what can, what, what uh, parts could I use to control? the clock, what parts could I use to control the LEDs, what parts 
uh, could I make use of? So there's since there are rotaries and rotary encoders, even with a with the switch in it. So there's a lot of functionality that has not really even programmed out since yeah. uh, there's only the the watch to control and different light settings. Uh, uh, but that's that's how I started. I I I got to your course, and then I thought, okay, how is how is a rotary encoder? How is that one working? Yeah. So when and, you started this, uh, you, you didn't know how to use any of the components. Is that right? Oh, and then yeah, that's totally right. a few late nights later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this. The, the, the hardest part at that time that must have been the, the seven segments because yeah. um, those are they had different uh, um, polarity to the to the LED in the in, in Gary. There's right. uh, Gary's eye in the center of its eye, there's a RGB LED. Yeah. And this was a different one. The, the ones covered. Yeah, common cathode and common anode. So they were opposite. So I had to buy another one. And uh, so this was one of the, the really uh, harder parts at the beginning. Oh, there are different parts that really work differently. And if I want to have them, well, I could use them, of course, but then you have different color. Then you have uh, contrary colors on, the, on each of, of uh, the uh, either on the clock or either on Gary, since they are con uh, controlled by the same library. Uh, yeah. This is also a, a steep learning part because now you have the, 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 the gadget, now you have the, the part, the seven segments. How do you control it? How low do you go? Do you do your own programming? Or can you find uh, a library, a suitable Arduino library that also already controls this stuff? Yeah. And uh, there's a there's some learning curve, but if uh, the Arduino community is, is great and generous, if you do a little bit of digging onto Arduino's websites, then you easily come up with a solution most of the time. It's it's not that difficult yeah. if you are on the right path. At least we need to know what you're looking for, and usually yeah, there are right. answers and mm -hmm. and uh, libraries and components that you can reuse. Yep. So. Uh, if I understand right, the Arduino inside this box controls the clock. So that's a, mm -hmm. a clock that tells you the actual time, right? It's not just a yep. counter. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so there are more parts also inside since we know that uh, for, from your course that there is no built-in uh, real-time clock in the Arduino. Yeah. I bought an Adafruit uh, uh, clock and uh, this one's soldered and it's attached to the, to the Arduino board. Um, it's not very sophisticated, so it's it's uh, not automatically switching between summer and winter time. So it would the next lesson if somebody if if I would pass this project on to somebody else and I say, well, you could enrich it for uh, with some Wi-Fi functionality to yeah. get the the time from the internet or uh, uh, different. Uh, temperatures from outside to display on 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 the seven segments and stuff like that. So there's. Uh, I have an idea. Because I I, I just didn't like the idea. Just plug in one LED on the breadboard and then uh, turn it on, turn it off. So what what's the bigger thing and how what how could I enrich it even if I take it now? At the moment, it's it's I haven't set it up. It's really below my desk here. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, if I get fancy, uh, then I say, well, yeah, how, uh, how can I enrich it even more? How, what can I put add into it? 
It's really interesting that you say that because projects are never finished, right? Um, there's always more right. you can add. Yeah. Like projects essentially are platforms for learning and they constantly evolve. And um, mm -hmm. like I'm thinking about this, imagine possibilities, which are quite possible with the hardware that you have there. Like you can connect it to the internet. You can actually use uh, voice commands to turn um, Gary on and off. Uh, you can get yep. the time to sync with uh, internet clock so you never have to set it again ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You can get other functionalities there um, with the LEDs. I think that's um, an other fruit uh, addressable that's RGB fruit, LED, yeah, right? Yeah, that's an other fruit uh, uh, ring with the uh, WB20 or well, something uh, diodes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the, as you mentioned, a voice control, I have, yeah. that's what I, I, I do a lot of backing on Kickstarter and Indiegogo for, for startup electronics. So I have a, I, I don't know if you heard about it. I have a Matrix voice uh, lying somewhere in, 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 in one of my uh, desks around, which I can use. It's, it's a microphone array, which you can use. If you have the higher version of it, it also has an ESP32 integrated so you can already use it uh, out of the boxes this more complicated yeah. uh, projects and th this would be a really good add-on for extending this project yes definitely so you can combine projects and get them to talk to each other yeah and and this is i think if you're on in in this stage when you're come that far then it really uh starting to make fun and yeah. then it's Learning is not an is not an obstacle anymore. Then learning has become fun. It accelerates, doesn't it? So you, you can get more interesting things done much faster yeah. once you have a few projects uh, in your build completed. Yeah. Uh, and it's just you become right. more comfortable with the tools, more comfortable with discovering new things that you don't know. You, you assimilate quicker. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, your your project development methodology improves. So how you do the testing, how you capture the details, how you make sure that your what you build is robust and works well, like no mm -hmm. loose wires, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you've correct. got that lesson earlier. So that that's great. Um, I was thinking here, uh, because uh, before we started the recording, um, I was telling you about my uh, new ESP32 project. And one thing mm -hmm. that I've done is voice control as well with Google um, Assist. Assistant, Google mm -hmm. Assistant. So I can control this LED, which comes out of the ESP32, just by sure. asking Google. I'm going to try it now. Okay, Google, turn off LED. Yes, master. LED is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> awesome. Great. <laughs> okay, Google, turn on LED. Yes, master. LED is on. Yeah. <laughs> Does I was it so say yes, master? Yeah, yeah, I programmed that. <laughs> you can do that with Gary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's awesome. Idea. I really like this project. But you've got more. Um, so this, I think, is going to resonate with a lot of people in Australia, probably everywhere mm -hmm. in the world, really. <laughs> How to keep your beer cold. So you had a problem, right? Yeah, beer was getting uh, warm. But actually, the problem was for a friend of mine. Uh, um, um, this is Dario, or Dario Greggio. He's from Italy. Yeah. And he defected from Italy, so to speak, when Berlusconi <laughs> came to power. And he ended up in, in Tyrol, Austria. 
is uh, uh, is hilarious on its own. And I I met him. We are both are uh, both uh, very much involved. Uh, he more even than I uh, with repair cafes. And I met him in the, at a repair cafe, and he, he's he's really he's deep into electronics, which is good for me because I can learn really quite a lot from him. Yeah. And uh, he we came up with with this idea, and he's also the guy uh, uh, which came uh, which we both had the idea for the virtual city windows. Uh, when, oh yeah, uh, I'd like to talk about that which, as well. Uh, monitor yeah. installation. Yeah. Uh, I I sometimes post it on the Facebook page, and uh, this is just a, 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 a funny, stupid idea. So that your beer does not get warm, you have to drink it regularly, so, uh, <laughs> that you don't let let it stand, and then it get that it gets warm, and you are annoyed on yourself. Oh, it's a warm beer. So there's a buzzer. Uh, and uh, and, and and the buzzer is for reminding you, and there's a, a, a accelerometer and and yeah. a timer. So the timer measures uh, how long it's the so to speak. There is no signal on the accelerometer, and if there's a, I can't remember how long we kept it. And I also I can't remember why we had the the, the light this, sensor yeah. on it. I, I, that is really one I don't remember why. Uh, but uh, uh, when the accelerometer does not give a signal for a longer time, then it, uh, it gives a it gives a sound on the buzzer uh, uh, saying, "Yeah, you have to drink again." <laughs> and then if you drink, the accelerometer gets its its signals, and and then shuts down for. A, I I can't remember how long we how how long we programmed it. This, so this is, don't uh, forget your beer. This is, right. this, is uh, uh, this is solder art, solder artwork from Dario. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's no PCB needed. No breadboard needed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's a three D electronic construction. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So it, it doesn't measure the temperature. It just reminds you. I guess you attach it on your schooner or your, your beer bottle. Yeah, the, the idea was just to to hook it up. Uh, so it's not a full-fledged product, just to uh, 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 set it on on the on the brim of your glass and let it sit there, and uh, so with maybe a, a hook attached uh, with yeah. a 3D printed hook, and uh, do it on the side of your glass so that it does not get into your way, and also of course this power source is a little bit bigger. We used an an older battery pack from an old. Uh, yeah. um, uh, camera, perhaps. Uh, camera from yeah. old uh, snapshot camera, and uh, just attach it to the side of our glass and and uh, see how it worked. Yeah, well, it's awesome. Uh, is there any software running? Like, is there a microcontroller or uh, just a five-five-five timer, perhaps? Uh, or yeah, I think so. I really would have to look it up myself. Hmm. It's uh, I can't remember, but just I think so. Yes, I think you are right. Capacitor. This is probably the timer chip, or yep. five 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 and accelerometer. I don't know which one is which, but I think these two ICs probably do host the jobs. Because I can't really can't remember. But uh, that this uh, this is just great. Yeah, true maker stuff. <laughs> That's all for this episode. 
don't forget to listen to part two of Martin's interview where we discuss his interest in Bitcoin, his current big project, Virtual City Windows, and his future project plan which involves augmented and virtual reality. The notes for this episode that include links to many of the resources mentioned and information on how to get in touch with Martin are available on our website, techexplorations.com. Each episode comes with its own page on the Tech Explorations website and a gold mine of information in the notes. This page also contains the video version of the interview. This podcast episode was produced by Tech Explorations. Do you have any questions or suggestions? Would you like to nominate a maker to be our guest? And of course, you can nominate yourself. Please email us at podcast at txpo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for the name of our podcast, Tech Explorations. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time.